Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Actually, as the preacher said, I want to say something before I speak. I'll let you work that one out. Okay. <laughs> um, as you know, uh, we went to, um, on holiday uh, the other week, and uh, we ended up down in Konkanu, and we met uh, a pastor there, and he started a church five years ago. He's now got 60 people in his church. They were meeting in a hotel, and, and God's doing a terrific work amongst them. And he actually sent me some emails this week. He sent me a picture of the church. And I've asked you to pray, so I don't know if we could get that picture up of his church. We're trying. <laughs> we'll just sort of wind it a bit harder. <laughs> there. It was there. Did you see it? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Right, uh, they're asking for permission to get signage up and actually they're asking for permission to be able to allow them to worship in this building which we might have a flickering chance of seeing in a minute (laughs) Um, and it has to go to the mayor's office will you please pray that they will have permission to actually worship there and also that they can put signage up it was uh, uh, um, just an out of town um, big, big shop actually quite a big frontage and um, that they would like permission to have signage there we have another picture as well somewhere along the line when, when the guys uh, there it is um, so it's, it, and on the, on the right there is a garage door they want to change that into um, uh, put a, a, a block and a, and a window uh, so that he can have his office there and it, it goes quite a way around and it's on a, on a quite a busy road opposite more or less where the, the photograph has been taken from is the road, but just behind that is, a, is a, a cafe bar where people go all day for their coffee and that. And just around the corner from them is a big cinema, so it's quite busy around there. They would like huge signage across the top there. So will you pray that they'll have permission to, to, to worship there and also they'll have the, the permission to put the signage up. Very difficult in France. Um, if you're not a Catholic in a Catholic church, it's very difficult to get that permission. But we need to see victory in God's name, don't we? He's seen so much victory. He's even come out of his job, and, and, and God is supporting him. Uh, it. And, and he, there he is, um, Yose, and his wife, Valerie, has just had a heart operation. Um, so would you pray for them, please? Pray for them. A lovely couple, really on fire for God. He, as I said the other week, he comes from Barcelona. Uh, originally and there was just little churches around in Barcelona where he was and um, he, he says now in Barcelona churches are growing to such an extent there's many churches with a thousand people in so he's got the vision for seeing God move there in Concano beautiful in Concano if you ever want a beautiful holiday it's fantastic it's, it's very much like St. Marlo it's got its old walled town and all okay <laughs> thank you very much for that Right, that's my notices. <laughs> yeah. Is that on? Elijah, I'd like to speak on Elijah. You know, I, I like these Old Testament p- 
people, they give us brilliant pictures of, of, of what uh, God is, is saying and what he's doing into our lives. When we were over there in France, uh, we went to our family. We hadn't been there for a year. And we met, um, we went to the church. We always go to church on the Sunday where they go. And uh, we, we saw with our granddaughter last year, we saw her friend, her best friend, Lucy, that lives there. Um, and goes to that church. She's a little bit smaller than, or probably about the same size as Lisa. <laughs> She's a bit smaller than our granddaughter. Our granddaughter's up there somewhere. And it was great to see her. And over the course of the, the winter, as we were phoning backwards and forwards to them, um, Courtney, our granddaughter, was saying, oh, Lucy's not so well. And then when we got into the beginning of this year, she said, oh, Lucy's now in a wheelchair. And when we went last, the other week, to their church, we saw Lucy, and sure enough, she is in a wheelchair, and she's only a shadow of what she was uh, a year ago. Um, we later on went, we were invited to their house for coffee and tea and biscuits and whatever later on that day, and um, she was there trying to, to with, a, with a frame, trying to hold herself up, but she had no use of her legs, and just praying that God would touch her. And we went off down to Konkanu then, where we were before, uh, looking at, and um, we, we spent a nice break there. But the, next, the first day we were there, I was thinking about Lucy. And I was thinking also, we also had email contact with somebody over here, friends of ours who got big health issue. And it had just come up. And the words that came to me was this, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elijah? Where is he? And I started thinking about that. And as I came back home, Pastor John asked me, he said, will you, will you speak like today? And that verse came to me, where is the God of Elijah? I'd like us to look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, first 18 verses. I'll read it to you. When the Lord was about to take Elijah Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal Elijah said to Elisha stay here the Lord has sent me to Bethel but Elisha said as surely as the Lord lives and as you live I will not leave you so they went down to Bethel verse 3 the company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, in in most of the other versions it says his mantle, and rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? 
Elisha said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it'll be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha said this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He used to do that as a, as a sign of, of grief. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord God, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. No, Elisha replied, do not send them. But they persisted until he was too ashamed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched three days but did not find him. When they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? <clears throat> Where is the God of Elijah? That question, as I said, went around in my head. Why don't we see God working like that in these days, releasing his power? Elijah, I think I'm going to get confused with Elisha and Elijah. Elijah was the man who went first. Elisha was his successor. Elisha was called by Elijah from what appears to have been quite a wealthy family, if you read in 1 Kings chapter 19. He followed Elijah faithfully and humbly and served him. He obviously had a first-hand view of Elijah's later miracles and probably no doubt heard of his earlier miracles and the stuff that had gone on. But Elijah goes. There was nobody left to oppose the growth of this Baal worship which was swept through the country. Um, nobody left to fight Ahab and Jezebel who were the king and the queen to help and encourage those who wanted to serve God. There was just uh, uh, the sons of the prophets, these people that were in these different places in what we would probably call term today Bible colleges. As Elisha returned alone along the way that he just walked with Elijah, in front of him is the Jordan. His first big test. There it was, probably even mocking him. How could he possibly cross it? It had parted for them to cross at the word of Elijah, but Elijah wasn't there anymore. How could he fight the battles that lay ahead? And he cries out, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? We might well share Elisha's feelings. As we stand at the edge of a spiritual Jordan, carrying the mantle of those who've gone before, maybe you're following in a workplace or in a church situation, somebody who is absolutely fantastic and you have to follow them. Maybe there is a problem in your life, a challenge in your life, and your knees are knocking. What can we do? We are weak 
we real, all realise that, we often fail. We seem unable to match the faith and the vision that older people, older generations had, Christian generations had before us. We may have seen Elijah open Jordan. We may see marvellous things before in years gone by. But what will we, will we do when we stand at that Jordan shore? How can we cross over? As we think on our weaknesses and problems, they seem to grow. It's not that there is a problem with our God, but with us and our faith. After all, it wasn't Elijah who caused the Jordan to open, but it was Elijah's God. This is where the sons of the prophets went wrong, actually. They wanted to know where Elijah was. And, when it, uh, and if, if they could get him back... They even sent out search parties to try and find him, although Elisha told them that it was just pointless. The trouble was that they were asking the wrong questions. They were asking the question, where's Elijah? But they should have been asking the question, where's Elijah's God? We don't need the great men who have gone before us, but we do need their God. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? I wonder what went through his mind, Elisha's mind, when he returned to the Jordan. Perhaps he was thinking about his request for this double portion. You see, in those days, when you had um, several sons, the eldest son had a double portion to all the others. Now, we had four boys. So, in fact, that means that if the law still went to today... uh, our estate, when we go, would go five ways. It would go double to the first son, and then all the other sons would have a fifth each. Okay, So the first one would have two fifths. And that's how they worked in those days. And Elijah was, Elisha was following Elijah. He was his servant. Elijah, Elisha, sorry, Elijah, has, as far as we know, had no children. So he asked for a double portion of God's anointing resting on him. So as he walked along, he might have been thinking of that. He might have been wondering if his request had been granted, as Elijah had promised it would. Elijah said, if you see me when I'm taken, then it will be yours. I doubt probably that he felt any different, except that he was alone now, and probably wondering how he could possibly fill this big man of God. He was the first of the major prophets. Fill his size 20 sandals (laughs) I wonder how he could do that perhaps he also felt the added responsibility of the whole spiritual thing of Israel on his shoulders so when Elisha came back to the Jordan River which is blocking his return he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying where is the Lord God of Elijah (coughs) Elijah might be gone But Elisha and God are still there and just as powerful. He had asked for a double portion of the spirit of Elijah and now he acted on the basis of that promise even if he didn't feel any different or even if he felt nervous. When he struck the water, the word says it divided to the right and it divided to the left and he went across. He acted in faith, believing that God had granted his request and the waters parted. How often do we not benefit from what we have asked in prayer because we do not take 
God's word seriously or trust him to answer and act in faith as though God had already given it to us. Where is the Lord God of Elijah today? So Elijah is taken by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha is the prophet in God's place. He has to do what scarcely any, mother, any other man has done before. He has to follow this great leader. He has to be the successor of the prophet of fire. He was called the prophet of fire, Elijah. The man of God. He, yes, he, he's got his mantle. But what was the use of that? Useless. Unless he's got his God. Although he takes the mantle and strikes the water with it, with it it's of no use without having Elijah's, Elijah's God. So he shouts, where's the Lord God of Elijah? If he can get Elijah's God, then the mantle will mean something. But if not, it's useless. He will not be able to wear it with any dignity or reason. People will see that he has Elijah's mantle, but not his God, and they will ask, Where's Elijah's power? You notice that Elijah's last miracle is Elisha's first miracle. Let's also notice that he asks, where's the God of Elijah? He doesn't ask, where's Elijah's spirit? He applies the question to God himself. Elisha might have lost Elijah as a mighty prophet as what he, as what he was, but he hadn't lost Elijah's God. What river is flowing in front of us today. What river is there that we have to cross? What did Elijah do? Yes, he used the old prophet's mantle, but he cried on the old prophet's God. If there's a problem that needs to be removed, the best thing for us to do is to speak to God about it. If there's a problem and it may not even be removed, the still the best thing to do is to speak to God about it. We need to lay before the Lord whatever situation we find ourselves in and believe that God can turn it around. Elisha cries, where's the Lord, the God of Elijah? What a prayer. Elijah was a man like that. Elijah was a man like that. Yet our God manifested himself in his life in such extraordinary ways that sometimes it makes me wonder why such responses from God are not so common today. What was it about Elijah that distinguished him from the rest of the folk? It therefore get, begs the question, what did Elijah do? Can we move on one? Just that one I press, isn't it? Elijah was faithful. Firstly, he was faithful. He, opened, he operated at a time when the powers of darkness had completely paralysed Israel. So much so that they threw down God's altars and they raised their own up. He lived when Ahab was king and, and Jezebel was the queen. She'd come from another country. She introduced the worship of Ashtoreth. She introduced Baal worship into the country. And also she um, uh, got the people that, that, were, that were following God in those days. She hounded them. She pestered them. She, she even put them to death. She was a wicked woman. 
You might recall the challenge that Elijah put on the 450 idolatrous priests and prophets and the subsequent contest he had with them. He said to these 450 prophets on the mountain, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. So they got an altar and they raised it up and they, 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 they cut themselves and they did all sorts of things, these prophets of Baal, all day and nothing happened. Elijah rebuilt an altar, God's altar, and prayed and fire came down and consumed the altar. He was faithful to God. And God honoured his faith. Today doesn't seem to be much different as those days. Christians are in the minority. God is not honoured or revered. Even as when I was young. I mean, that's a long time ago. (laughs) People are worshipping gods of materialism, of pleasure, of personal security. They are worshipping gods that our forefathers didn't know. The God of the Bible is not really known among them. Society has dethroned him. We live in an age where God's name is not honoured in any great way. And according to a recent survey, men would rather, young men would rather go to hospital than go to church. Quite astounding, isn't it? <laughs> at best, there is widespread indifference uh, to God's word. And at worst, in some areas, um, Christians uh, uh, have faced quite strong hostility. We even get the don't bring religion into Christmas attitude. Similar dark days have been faced before, but where are the Elijahs who can turn the tide of evil? Where's the, the men like the Wesleys and the Whitfields and the Jeffreys and some of these old men of God who, who seem to turn a whole nation back to God? We call this the day of small things. It's quite an apt description. We see little evidence of God's mighty working in our lives or from preaching. We expect little blessing and we're not surprised if we get little blessing. Where's the God of Elijah? Folks, we need to stand up and be faithful. Faithful to our salvation. We need to say that this is God. This is my God. Just like Joshua said, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. We need to stand faithful to God. We need to stand true and, and stay true in our workplace, in our businesses. We need to be t- true to the Lord God of Elijah. As the Apostle Paul said, let us be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let us be faithful to God. Secondly, Elijah was mighty in power. He was a man of like passions, like like us, says James, but God gave him the key of prayer and he prayed and and locked up heaven. And it didn't rain for three years, three and a half years. But when the time came, he went to the top of Mount Carmel, put his face, it says, he put his face between his knees and he prayed. 1 Kings chapter 18, if you want to read that story, he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And up came the clouds and a little later on, down came a deluge of rain. Elisha prayed for drought and it happened. 
He prayed for rain and it happened. He prayed for a continual flow as well of meal and a continual flow of oil from the same jar to sustain him, a widow woman, and and her son. And, and, And it continued right until the drought finished. He also prayed for a, a, this, the widow woman's son's boy to be raised from the dead. He was the first man to pray for, as we got recorded, for somebody to be prayed for raised, being raised from the dead. And he prayed back the spirit of, of the boy who had died. The Lord God of Elijah can increase our faith in prayer. And he can increase our faith that we pray prayers like that. God hasn't changed. He is just the same today as he was in Elijah's day. Where is the Lord God of Elijah when we pray at home, in our prayer meetings, or wherever we pray? Are we seeing God move in that way? Elijah prayed, it didn't rain. He prayed and it rained. Where is our faithful, faith-building prayers? Or are we only praying safe prayers? As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, according to your faith, be it unto you. Jesus promised, whatever things you pray in prayer, believing, you will receive. This obviously doesn't give us a carte blanche to ask for anything we fancy, other other passages complete the pictures actually our request must be in accordance to his will if you read 1 John 5 verse 14 it says now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him if it were not the case of the granting of our petitions would hamper God's work the primary reason God answers our prayers is not to feel good but to glorify himself. Elijah was also proved God as his provider. In 1 Kings 19 verse 5 it says, And he lay down under a tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights. Are we feeding on God's word regularly? Or are we just reading a short verse here or there? I must admit, I suppose, ever since we were youth leaders many years ago people have come to us with their problems and often a a thing that I I say to people are you reading your Bible? and if you are what's God said to you lately? some folk admit that they haven't read it and I think to myself well if you haven't read your Bible you're wondering why you've got a problem (laughs) if we are not reading his word regularly we're not growing we're not developing in the Christian faith. We're not going, uh, we're not going to, to, to know what happens. And we're not going to hear his word. <clears throat> we're going to become weak and vulnerable to Satan's attack. Have you ever watched those nature programs? I think they were on penguins, didn't they? Back along. And, and where there was a, 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 the weak penguin, 
and you see it with the animals, the weak animal, the weak, the weak insect or whatever they're, they're showing, the predator comes along and gets that weak one. The predator can come and get him. We need to devour the kind of food that strengthens us and helps us grow and develop, not just keep on consuming milk and water. In Acts chapter 2, the new Christians there devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, their, to his word, to fellowship, communion and prayer. I praise God that we are in a church here that has the kind of word that challenges us and provokes us to go on further with God that gives us meat and substance, that talks about God's grace, that talks about God's mercy, that talks about his salvation, that talks about eternity, that talks about being in him and living in him and walking in him. We don't need the kind of word that, that just tickles our ears and, and, and helps us to go home thinking, that was quite entertaining, but... That doesn't help our walk with God. That doesn't help our, our growth with God as well. Next, we, Elijah proved God as his provider. Sorry, I've shot on too far. He proved God as his provider. In 1 Kings 17, verse 10, it says, So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called him, uh, and, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little of oil, oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first... Make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. <coughs> he is a God that can provide for his people by humanly impossible means. You may say to me, Your jar, my jar of flour feels as if it's running out. My jug of oil is empty. We mustn't doubt like Thomas and think that God has forgotten us and is not going to provide for us or even think negatively. If we think like that with unbelief, in effect, we've broken that jar of flour, we've broken and smashed that jug of oil. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's still with those who trust him. We will get nothing if we waver, but if we keep strong in faith, we will find that Jehovah Jireh is still God's name. Jehovah Jireh means God will provide. In that the psalmist said, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. As we put our confidence in him, he will supply our needs. He will not necessarily supply our wants, but he'll supply our needs. 
Elijah found that God consumed... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> right. He did the miraculous. I ch- changed my order. Sorry about that. <laughs> As I said before, God used him to raise a dead boy back to life. He's the God of resurrection. He gave power unto dead bones and they came alive again. He raised his son, Jesus, from the dead. We may not raise the physical dead, but he could use us to raise people from spiritual death. We may not raise those people who who have literally died, but we can speak a word into people's lives and bring the resurrected Christ into a dying world. God may also call us to come alongside fellow Christians whose spirits are flagging and speaking words and encouragement and life into their lives. We find that God also was the God that answered by fire. I changed the words on there, but not on here. (laughs) The order, sequence. (laughs) The Lord God of Elijah is the God that answers by fire. We need to be touched with the fire of God. Just as Pastor John mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about being filled with the Spirit and being intoxicated with the Spirit. And Andy mentioned in the prayer meeting on Wednesday, and he actually said these words, we need to tap into what the Holy Spirit is doing. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Spiritually, our island is probably very little different to Elijah's time. We therefore need the fire of God coursing through our veins to the extent that people will see, that, that see Jesus and what he can do for them. We need the God of Elijah to come once again and answer by fire. We need as Christians a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this island so that everyone has the opportunity of hearing to get to know the Lord and the truth of his word. Oh, that we could see revival sweeping this island. When we read history and hear stories of times gone by in various places around the world, where thousands were swept into the kingdom in a very short space of time. It's still happening in some places today. Oh, that we would see God move here again. Have you got that heart for here as well? Perhaps you haven't. I don't know. (laughs) I have. I really want to see God move here. We need that kind of ministry now. We need the ministry of fire and power. And I guess for us, to, to have it, we, we must just have to seek him further, seek him harder. We need to call on the Lord God of Elijah so that when we call on him, things will begin to happen. Maybe we need to be touched for a second time. We need his anointing in our lives. I know I was sharing with the house group the other week. You know, I feel I need God's anointing in my life. Every day I walk out the door. As you know, I counsel people from time to time and I get people sent to me by the magistrate and and social services and doctors and all sorts of things. People with serious problems. And I need God's power. I need his his mind. I need his spirit as I face these people and they're opposite me and, and they're 
have difficult problems. I need his mind on these situations. And, and I, can, I, I need his anointing. And, and I feel we all need his anointing. You know, we gather on a, on a, a Monday morning, it's just a few of us, and we pray. And we pray for you that are in, in the workplaces on a Monday morning. Because you are here on a Sunday, but we pray for you on a Monday. So just as we did this time tomorrow, we pray for you on a Monday that God will bless you in your workplaces. God's anointing will be on your life. I can remember one day when, when, when God's anointing was on my life, quite a few years ago, as we'll show you how many years ago now, uh, Willie French was around, and we went to his church, interdenominational group, for a prayer meeting. And we had, we had a, a word and we had a, a time of prayer, and, and then we had a chat. And this lady that was sat by me, she started rubbishing the anointing of God. She started rubbishing um, people falling under, under the power of God. And, and she just rubbished everything. And the, the, the guy who had led it, he said, no, well, okay, yeah, he's trying to stop it. <laughs> uh, and, and then he said, right, just let's, let's all stand. Let's all stand together. And so we all stood. And for some odd reason, I'd got between, in the end, this lady and her husband. Her husband was a bank manager. And I was stood there, and, and he said, just hold hands. And I, God's anointing had been on me that day. I, I really felt him powerfully on me. And I held this guy's hand, and he went over like a stone. And I thought, wow. And I'm looking at the lady. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, but my eyes were saying, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was just, just a power of God. <laughs> I felt kind of awkward. Anyway, we, God started moving amongst us. It was really the meeting had finished. God moved powerfully amongst us as a group of people. I went home, and and because I got home late, and and one of the boys had just come in behind me in his car, and I, I, I said to him, I, he had his window open. I said to him, "Hey, guess what?" And as I touched him like that, he shot under his and this is a six foot guy. He shot virtually under his steering wheel, laughing like a drain. The Spirit of God hit him in such a powerful way. I left him there. <laughs> I went inside and Sue said, you're late. I said, yeah. <laughs> said, why? <laughs> and she said, Michael, <laughs> she said, he went to bed early. Cough, 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 cough. He didn't stop coughing. Ah, oh, so that's okay. I went up and said, I, I, I prayed for him. We never had one more cough after him, after that, after that prayer. Uh, you know, I don't live like that daily. That just happened to be one day. I don't live like that daily. Uh, and I wish I did. I, I wish God's anointing was on me like that quite often. I wish God's anointing was on you quite often as you go into your workplace, as you meet people, as, you t- as, as we move around. Oh, let's seek God, that God's an anointing will fall on us in a powerful way. The God of Elijah, the God of fire, the God of anointing. I've fallen right off my page. I didn't say any, <laughs> plan to say any of that. Oh, that God will pour out his spirit upon us. Where is the Lord God of Elijah today? He's also the God of the miraculous. As I said before, God used him to raise a dead boy back to life. Oh, I said that bit, haven't I? Yeah, I'm in the wrong order. <laughs> God is the God. He is. He, oh, he fed him with an enormous meal. All right, I'll go on to that one then. <laughs> I've done that one, haven't I? Yeah. 
Right. Which one hadn't I done? Oh, he answered by fire. He's our provider. He's a God who can provide his people by humanly impossible means. I've said that, haven't I? I think I've said everything. (laughs) Ah, yes, that's right. He's taken up from heaven. You probably won't go to heaven like Elijah did. Well, you may. I don't know. (laughs) As I said before, God used him. And I, I don't know if many of us will go to heaven like Elijah did, but whatever way we go, it will be fantastic to meet with Jesus and the Lord God of Elijah. I want to say this. Do you know him? Have you asked him into your life? Have you asked him to cleanse you? Have you asked him to forgive you? Have you asked him to come in and wash away those things that are not of him? Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.